wait. I don't know. I'll make my damn comment right now. Welcome to the Crap Beer Cast. I'm Josh. That's Jeff. Hey, guys. I'm back out of the uh, mute box. Out of the doghouse. Yeah, maybe. Pretty Wells. Nice. Wells. Hey, well, oh, Wells. Hi. Sorry. I'm Wells, Wells. I'm supposed to toss it over to you. Hey, Wells. What's happening? How you doing? Good. How are you now? I'm a little embarrassed because I completely forgot when I was asked at the last recording, did you do anything fun what since doing? last time we recorded? Mm-hmm. I definitely did something fun. What was I've that? I've just been so preoccupied with like real life stuff that I forgot about my awesome birthday gift. And that was tickets to see or to go to um, the State of Origin Festival that Fauna Flora hosted in downtown Morganton. And this Ooh. is all, it's like a invitational kind of thing, a bunch mm-hmm. of different breweries that focus, uh, their focus on these beers is ingredients featuring, or ingredients that are grown in their home states. Well, that's fun. So like local malt or yeah. like local hops, local or- hops or yeast, like if a lot of spontaneously fermented beers, uh, out there, I mean, it wasn't like a sour festival, but man, you remember when Cool Ship was a thing? Does anybody yeah, still there, do that? Yeah, there were a freaking ton of them out there. Okay, like I just never see them anymore. Like nobody, I, I don't know any breweries in town that are still doing resonant that. culture. All right, getting then. ready to release their first, I guess, goose style ale. Hello, uh, soon it's three. I mean, it's been hour long, whatever. Yeah, so please, it's man. But anyway, uh, super cool festival cute venue it was like was it cute in the square in downtown morganton it rained like hell yeah um just before the festival so I, I forgot to pack my waterproof hiking boots oh no well the good news is the shoes that i brought were on their last legs and they definitely saw enough mud that i just had to say goodbye to them um sometimes you do i know it was it was a well worth sacrifice Honestly, so, I, I just I just had a ton of really good beer. So festival, Josh festivals questions. The, yes, spaced out, out outdoors okay. and spaced out. Yes, okay. There was plenty of plenty food of buffer. Space. Food What's buffer. What's, what was the food situation? Multiple like? food trucks. We okay. had Buxton Hall um, food truck. We had an empanadas food truck. Mm, we had a vegan empanadas. food truck. And then, like, a dessert food truck that I didn't spend too much time on because I didn't need it. All I'm right. drinking uh, my dessert. Thank you. Here's the weird one. Go. For me, mm-hmm. especially nowadays, music, yes or no? Yes. And there was a... But it was at one end of okay. the place. It was at least interesting, not too terribly loud. Okay. It was, but it was good. Okay. That's like, the important part, sadly, is... Is it so loud that, like, I can't have a conversation? Like, let's pretend the three of us were walking around. You're, you'd be fine. Okay. I mean, unless you're standing, like, within 50 feet. Okay. But what are you doing up there? Yeah. If well, you're not trying to listen to music. Right. right yeah, if I, if I am just going through the, the brewery tents, I don't no. want to have to lean into your ear and go, No. Is this very good? No. But that's yeah, where you like yeah, to whisper. Yeah. Um, so this is, I think this was their 10th running of this, or at least close to it. My first time going, uh, oh my goodness. Like how just, many like cool, sorry, I keep cutting you off. Yeah. Out of state breweries. How many cool yeah. out of state breweries? I think it was like 50 breweries total. Holy maybe. shit. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't 
a lot, but it was tight. That's plenty for me. I mean, yeah, Jester King, you had True out of Denver. Okay. Even Catawba brought some heat. They had a lemon saison that I'm like, I had to go back for seconds. Of course, for... Um, were, were you signaling a kidnapping? Are, no, are you not. signaling a kid- Have you been gaslit? So there was a, a distillery because now distilleries can participate in beer festivals now that had like a North Nothing Carolina. Nothing go wrong here. I know. But so if I, you need like a digestif like halfway through and I'm like, I'm just going to do a shot of Fernet real quick. And that was really good. Um, <laughs> I had a blast, an absolute blast from start to finish. I just wish I had worn different shoes, but that's my fault. The important question. Yes. Are you going to go next year? Absolutely. Okay. Like, no. This is one of those type of festivals that I'm going to, like, base plans around. We've already talked about on the show, like, Queen City Brewers Festival, like, Mm -hmm. being one of those kind of can't miss. Um, Brawley's Black and Blue is another kind of can't miss for me. The day this, and night thing. The I night see. and day, which is coming up uh, in the next couple of months. I think are, that's in October. still available for I that? need to take a look into that. Okay, Don't yeah, because uh, um, Josh is going this year. You should. I am actually going to that festival this you year. You really should. But but this was just a heckin' good time. Um, Family-friendly I mean, not that you're going to want to bring a kid to a beer festival necessarily. But that's a, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. I, it, it really is. But it, it it was a really cool like outdoor space on the square in downtown Morganton. Um, I, you know, just be cognizant of what the weather is and be sure to pack waterproof boots if you have them. I had so what you're a- saying is that it's an outdoor festival. And like all outdoor festivals, you need to plan ahead. Yes. Perhaps look at your, you know, weather forecast. Yep. Which is probably why if Dark Lord Day ever comes back, it makes sense that they do it in May in Indiana, where it's not god awfully cold and snowing and all the other stuff. Yeah, we did get rained on one year, but there's a lot of covered seating. Yeah. So cool. Uh so we have talked quite a bit about contract brewing on the show, but shrieking Bigfoot on our subreddit threw a article up. So, Wells, what is this one all about? Well, it's about the exact same craft, uh, well, contract brewery that we've kind of talked about on the show recently. We had one of their barley wines that was, like, made for, what, like, Trader Joe's? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's them. Okay. The octopi, whatever. So, oh, okay, okay. So, this is kind of wild, like... It's all about craft or all about contract brewing, which if you're kind of new to craft beer or new to contract brewing, like it's when like one master brewery will essentially brew for, you know, a number of different kind of off brands that don't have their own production space. Um, But this one particular brewery has just done like an infrastructure investment they're looking at brewing like a million barrels of beer in a year. Jesus. I know. That's a lot of beer. I know. But you look at some of the like top breweries by volume in the United States, and there's one that kind of pops out into my mind is the Matt Brewing Company out of New York. But they also, they used to brew for like some Brooklyn stuff. Right. Um, 
Saranac, uh-huh. brands like that. No, I was going to say, isn't that technically the brewery behind Saranac is Matt yeah. FX? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's their fault? Oh, remember them, by the way? Have you seen any of their stuff lately? No. no. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Is it, though? No, not like, really. I always I, it wasn't that it was ever good, but that was one of those, I guess, at least, again, I'm thinking of that teeter. That was like a staple at that teeter. There was always like the yeah. Saranac Mix 12 yeah. and a couple of six. Well, back in the day when they had Red Hook everywhere, too. I mean, like there was just some of those that were part of that like late 90s ahead of the curveness. And then like everybody kind of caught up with them. And there isn't a place for Saranac anymore. There isn't some of these breweries that are still making the same beer they've always made. If it's a niche beer, Shinerbach, yes, you can still find shelf space because people are still looking for that particular beer. Yes, I still to this day will buy every once in a blue moon yep. a six pack of Shiner because when you when you buy your blue moon, yeah, right. when I buy my blue moon, right. But it's one of those beers that you know, getting introduced to it at a very early drinking age, yeah. like Shinerbach's you, good though. I when mean, you like, grow up in the Midwest, like no. that is like kind of a a, a rite of passage. Of hey, you like beer that isn't A B or you know, it isn't just like a, a macro lager. Hey kid, you wanna try some new beer? Come you over here to my van. Like that New Belgium Boulevard. Like I got kind of lucky growing up where I did in, in the grand scheme of things, of having some fairly big swinging dicks in the early craft beer scene. Yeah, and, and then you had beer too. Yeah. So this was a really interesting read all about uh octopi brewing out of Oh, God, out of Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. how they've scaled up to become or are looking to become a a force in... uh, Contract brewing. Contract brewing. Which is, I mean, at the end of the day, I used to... I I will be flat out honest. I used to have a problem with it. And I think the reason why I had a problem with it is I felt like a lot of times back in the early days of contract brewing, it was these places that were making labeled beer for AB, Coors, some of these other houses, but weren't being very transparent about it. Yes. Now that they're just, in reality, probably making stuff for a craft brewery that can't afford their own space, like they've got somebody behind a recipe that knows how to do it on a homebrew scale, but cannot figure out how to scale it up. Which, you know, that's another thing a lot of people don't think about. It's like cooking. I can cook for the three of us in this room. I could not cook for an entire restaurant. Right. There's no way I, I know how to, right now, scale that up. Yeah, you need to watch the bear. Yeah, I know. I know I do. <laughs> but, I mean, totally. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like, I, I, I'm feeling kind of similar to how I was. I was listening to your guest spot on United We Drink and some of the conversation about intellectual property. Yes. And like what I kept kind of coming back to is that intent has a lot to do with it. Yes. You know, when you are some like shadow corporation that's making a, an alcoholic product, but you won't be explicit about who you are and what you're, where, where you're coming from. And we spend how many episodes trying to figure out who was making the, not your father's stuff. Yes. And we were all convinced it's these people. And I can't remember if we were right or not. Not that it matters. That's Paps, right? That sucks. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't like the 
I don't hiding, like the opposite obfuscation. Obfuscation, of it. the subterfuge. Like I, I just don't like just be upfront, be honest. Tell me what you're doing. Well, it's, it's it's like all the hidden label shit at Trader Joe's or at Aldi or at Costco. Like if you can tell me on the bottle, it's in the geezer. Uh, if you can tell me on the bottle who you are, mm-hmm. like I don't care as long as I know who it is. When you try to hide it. That's when I start to get a little frustrated. Right. Yep. So I, I brought, Josh, I brought you this bottle uh, or the, the, the remnants of this bottle of bourbon I bought at uh, Costco. Because in Indiana, you know, yeah. you can buy liquor at the Costco. It's super like, awesome. Like you should be able to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. And, uh, you know, this was a small batch, but it literally says right there, by Barton, 1792. Now, we've often talked about how, like, even that, like, okay, great. Barton did it. Who the hell's Barton? And who right. owns Barton? It's probably one of like three other yeah, it's mega companies. Diego but, or somebody else. you know, at least, at least it says, you know, distilled and bottled by Barton 1792. Like, I appreciate that transparency. Yes. Even though it's still like, there's still another layer to it. Well, and, and I don't know if, if listeners in the show remember this, but we did and we talked about even doing further shows of this of... Buying Trader Joe's beer, buying Aldi beer, buying Costco beer, and having it on the show. Because back then, especially like in the early Trader Joe's days, a lot of that stuff was made by Firestone Walker. Right. Or Unibrew. Or, or like there, there were some really Gordon Biersch. Or, A-level and then Gordon Biersch. Uh, breweries pumping out, you know, private label stuff for, yeah, for these folks. I remember getting in a, a little bit of a semantics argument because that's my favorite type of argument to get into is an argument well yes but especially when i have the the technical high ground and there was like the early days of queen city brewers festival but they had kind brewing here and i'm like oh i remember kind where the hell is kind based out of well they have a charlotte po box and it's all made out of thomas creek and so, and I was South Carolina, so like yep. 90, 95, 100 minutes away. And I just got into a gentle, forceful <laughs> argument with the, at the time, uh, organizer of the festival. I'm like, I don't think you this- should have kind here because they aren't even made using our river system water. Like this isn't, they're on a whole other, this isn't Catawba River water. This is like water from way the heck down there. Um, this is wrong, this is bullshit, and we shouldn't stand for it. Like, it's just, um, yeah, a bunch of carpetbaggers. All right, so this is really going to open up some old shit from the past. Oh, let's go. But it's starting to ring some bells. Yeah. Like, slowly clunking. Is it ringing all the bells? Clunk, no, just some. Some stuff slowly clunking around in my head. There was a pirate-themed brewery that was opening somewhere in South Carolina. Uh-huh. A- am I right about that? Yep, Fort Mill. Okay. And was that the same people from Kind, or was that no, it's different. different? Okay. That was that was different. That was oh my goodness. Salty Parrot? No. no. Oh no, not that one. Or not Lucky Louie. They got into such a fight with like Charlotte Beer Twitter. I it it was okay. That's what it was. But I cannot remember. Like, I vaguely remember what happened. I can't even remember what. It was, God, two 
2011, maybe. Yeah, I would say it feels about that time, which is why I, it, that's why I'm saying it's yeah. like some foggy, some, dusty memories back here of something they a, happening. They had a macadamia stout that was good. They had an IPA that was not. Oh yeah. Screw those guys. Okay, like, sorry. Oh, I, I couldn't remember if that was a contract that was brewing thing. thing. Like, oh, yeah, we're based out of Fort Mill, which is to say, like, we live in Fort Mill and we make our beer like two hours away, but we're going to claim here and we're always on the hunt for like a tap room that never found one. And then they shifted into rum, and but that was all contract made too. And oh, God, if give me like 30 seconds, I can come up with the next. No, 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 you're fine. That's it's, just, it's one of those things where. In the early days of being around in this beer scene, there were a lot of contract right. brewed beers. I mean, the hard part, I feel like, is, you know, as the local data guy out of the three of us, you know, I log all the stuff in the spreadsheet. And, you know, there's a column for city and a column for state. And I want something to put there. And so some of these breweries can get really difficult to nail down yeah. because, okay, which high wire is it? or Which, which shit. Which high wire is it? Yeah. Which Sierra Nevada is it? Which, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it? at least Sierra, you know, it's a one of two cities, right? Sure. You know, it's Chico or Asheville. That's that's pretty Yeah, but I mean, easy. like, heaven forbid you're trying to do a company that is owned by AB and Bev. Who knows? So do you get to just, like, claim this is where I planted my flag? These are where I've set my roots. Our first tap room was here, and so, like, uh, uh, Goose Island. Yeah. We are a Chicago-based brewery. I'm like, okay, so, like, you make... Um, Bourbon County Stout and in, in your fancy stuff still in Chicago. But is anything else getting made there? Yeah, tell me where 312 like, is made. Like, I'm pretty sure... I, where, where 312 was made last time I looked was in Baldwinsville, New York. Yeah. So Far three, from 312. Yeah. Right? See, like, you, that would have been a better... You would have landed that joke better if you would have had the area code for Baldwin, New York. But it's all good. Ah, I'm not ludicrous. Woo! Woo! Genuine. <laughs> all right, so... Genuine yeah, is genuine. Do you, yeah. do you not know this? Anyway. Genuine. It's it's genuine. Uh, I, I, okay. It's 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 genuine. Yeah. I mean, Jeff is going to continue beat, saying it. Jeff over is going to beat this pony to death. I just know. There you it. go. All right. So yeah, contract brewing. It's still a thing. Um, I feel a little bit more comfortable with it now than I did my early days in the craft beer world, only because I feel like some of these places that have been hidden in the shadows for years are starting to say, "Hey." We're here. This is the people making your beer. I'm okay with that. I also think it's kind of neat. Like if you're still trying to like flesh out your own recipes, but you've got a recipe you can contract out with, with somebody and, and just see if your recipe is as good as you think it is. You think it is. Yep. The market says, Oh wow, this is really great. You, you should go and build your own tap room and start making your own beer. Or or not, in which case you just... I mean, I feel like half the breweries in Charlotte should have done that, to be honest. Like, some of the places that I have been to with Wells recently, I'm like, why are you open? What yeah. are you bringing to this community and this scene? A tap room and a unique aesthetic. No, you're a, not. A bunch of friends who are really just passionate about beer. No, you're not. That's a whole thing. No, you're not. Mm. No, you're not. It was a former home brewer that didn't... Nope. Nope. Get out. We're in it for the love nope. of the... Nope. Get out. Damn it. Well, who's excited about hops? 
I mean, I'm excited about hops. I'm excited about hops. I'm so excited. Uh, You're doing, yeah, the fresh hop. Fr- fresh hop week. Um, I'm so in, jealous. In the Pacific Northwest. Uh, second week of October, I think. Beercation 2.0. It's coming back. 2.0. Oh, 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 and, and so, like, it was interesting. I, I can't remember if I said it on mic or if it was off mic. Um, like, I, I kind of feel like my IPA is broken right now. Like, I just... A lot of the the IPAs we had that last show, they were all hazy, and I just like none of them were really clicking for me. Right. Um, and then in the back of my mind, and like I even said, like I feel like I'm buying, like I'm almost going out of my way to not buy IPA right I was, now. I was about to ask you, are you going to kind of go on an IPA IPA hiatus as you prep I like, for this journey? I, I feel like I need to because if I learned a lesson from Beercation One was that like after about the third brewery, like everything, like you just get worn out, like right. you just get worn out on IPA. Um, we are stopping at Freem halfway through and I will be hauling back a boatload of beer from them. No doubt. Yeah. I'm really glad that I haven't actually, cause you know, Jeff on the side will hit us up when he's getting his revolution stuff and clueless went down to Calusa and I, once you told me beercation 2.0 was kind of in the works way back in the day, I kind of already started setting money aside for, I'm pretty sure I know where he's gonna go. So oh, yes. Yeah, yes, I'm, yes, yes. I'm yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Just mule that stuff yeah, back no, for me. Uh, buddy. For, yeah, I mean like the absolute show stop and absolutely gonna stop. Uh Freem is high on my list. Fremont, high on my list. Georgetown, high on my list. I, I wanna go back to no lie. Yeah. Um I mean, dude, it's been forever. David like he every now and then this guy will send me some article about they they're like winning awards on all kind of shit all over the place. So like it kills me that we can't get their stuff here. I'm super excited to go and just like spend some time there and yep. hang out and buy a bunch of their stuff and, and haul it back. I'm, I'm super excited. You're checking like three bags, right? We have, we have ways. Okay. Don't, don't you, don't you worry about that. Cause I, every, I every little thing's going to be all right. All right. Good. Okay. But yeah, I have legit been saving but for yeah. you to go on this beer vacation. <laughs> right, right. Just right. because I knew where you were going to go. Here's the money. Send me all the things. <laughs> yes, please. And, and so I'm like, I'm super interested about this article as well because I'm interested to see like what the Pacific Northwest take on this is going to be. Yeah, and what you may potentially see in yeah. a few months. Yeah. So uh, it's a, one of these little listicles kind of things where they ask a whole bunch of different brewers. What are the newer hop varieties that you are interested in? Or what do you think is going to be like the next big thing? So there are a couple of these that we've seen um, in the market kind of widely, I would think. Like Idaho 7, we've had oh, a number yeah. of Idaho and, 7 and, beers. And Jeff is an Idaho 7 homer. I've, I've had Strata. Some of these are... Um, re like. They'll be called like HBC, like I was gonna say, ten nineteen. But can, can I say that I do love the fact that hops are just becoming marijuana strain names at this point? Yes, because they really kind of are. Here's HBC seven zero seven five. What does it do? It makes beer. Okay, cool. So I mean, this is just kind of a, a a neat little article to hear kind of brewers talking in their own words what they think, what they're excited about to see into the market and, and why each of these new hop varieties, like what they bring to the table, why these brewers are interested in them because like Idaho seven and Strata, like we've, we've had a number of beers on the show with that, 
but like Vista, Nectron, uh, Lotus, just reading, Pacific Sunrise, like yeah. Just reading this paragraph about Nectron, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm on Untapped right now. We're like, okay, how do I get Nectron near me? What beers are yeah? So it it's just kind of neat if y'all want to kind of you know check this out. You can go to our website. We've got a list of all our articles that we talk about on the show. Um, it, it's just a good read and it's a good way of getting ahead of kind of what your market might be spitting out at you in the next six months to a year. Yeah, absolutely. We love talking beer law on the show. We do love talking beer law on the show. So what's happening in Virginia? So what is happening in Virginia? Um, Virginia is one of those states where you don't have the ability for breweries to do self-distribution. Uh, North Carolina, like we're based in North Carolina. You yes. can do self-distribution up to like a, a certain threshold. I think it's like 75,000 barrels now. So, you know, a lot, a lot of places are pretty good on that front. But Virginia, South Carolina, two of our neighbors, um, they don't have the ability to do self-distribution. Well, the uh, Virginia Craft Brewers Guild has announced an intent to develop a Virginia beer distribution company um, that would basically be a distributor for all these breweries and allow for self-distribution. Like you just send your beer to the guild and they kind of rubber stamp it and let you send it out wherever. Kind of like Taver, is that the name of the? Tavor. Okay. So a lot of people have always questioned how that works. Uh, basically, all they do is they set up a little fake distro network. Uh, I could pr- claim to be able to distro beer that they sell me here in North Carolina, and I've signed off on it. And then they could ship that beer wherever they want, if those laws in that state allow it. Kind of sad that Virginia's having to do this, to be honest. like So they're wine. They're, this is like a, a copy and paste, essentially, of something that is already in place. The Virginia wine distribution company uh, already exists. So this is just a, like a carbon copy of what they're already doing through wine. Um, but yeah, they, they're looking forward to having essentially self distribution in uh, assuming it passes the Virginia general assembly, you know, by July of 2023. I mean, these things take time to yeah. get up off the ground, but but man, it's it's just like finding the right path of loopholes to make something that's illegal legal. Meanwhile, so, oh sorry. So Go it's ahead. interesting. One of the big stone walls, if you will, that stops a lot of distributing between states and such has to do with the three tier system. Yep. And the incumbent distributors wanting their cut. Mm-hmm. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association isn't going to be keen to letting a company like Tavor be able to deliver beer here to the state, correct? Because it cuts them out of the out of the loop. Yep. Meanwhile, Tavor is setting itself up, and I'm using them as an example. They wouldn't have to be the one, but you know they're potentially setting themselves up. Where imagine if all 50 states had universal distribution, and you could get anything. Yeah. So I see two 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 potential snags there. First off, the incumbent beer and wine wholesalers are kind of left 
saying, well, I, I, I want free money. What, what happened to my free money? Oh, I'm not doing anything. I just want the free money. Oh, but then what happens to the upstart local brewery that really wants to take off, but kind of stumbles out of the gate and I don't have to go there. Like I'm in a, you know, you know, y'all know where I live. I'm in a geographically challenged, challenged area. area. I've got two or three breweries nearby, none of which are that exciting for me. But there is one in your area that I would be okay with if I was stuck on an island, but but I wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. But like, can they survive in a world where, you know, for a prime membership, I can just get their stuff, get everybody else's stuff delivered to me? I don't need to go to. Uh, I'll pick on resident culture. I don't need to go to resident culture for hazy IPAs because now I can get other half in treehouse delivered to my front porch. I mean, there's something to be said for the tap room experience, but like there there's, this is one of those things where it seems this this is definitely one of those situations where I feel like for the things that we would say normally, this is the winner. There's definitely gonna be somebody that's going to lose on this. And it's not always going to be the ones that we think it is. But devil's avocado, sometimes, though, you got to call the herd. I hear you there. And yet we keep seeing more breweries open here in town locally than we see close. Yes. And only one of those that's closed have said, yeah, we just weren't good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Right now, we're not at that threshold where the the weak are faltering. No, we're not. We're definitely not. We have we have uh, at least in this city have really shifted more to the local spot more than anything. Like I've got technically within a five mile drive, what probably 12 breweries that I could easily go to, which is saying something like I, I am not, you know, hindered by choice. It is more hindered by agoraphobia to get out of the house. I am not hindered by, I don't have, shit options around me. So, yeah, I mean, it's sad that Virginia is having to do this to, to set up basically a shadow distro network. While marijuana is completely legal in that state. And yet, beer but, and wine, you have to set up shadow networks to distribute. That doesn't make any sense. Well, we haven't seen it. Marijuana may be legalized and, you know, for recreational use in... Virginia, but they don't have the distribution network up and running yet. Right. No, 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 they don't. I, yeah, I understand yet, that, so. but I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of these weird laws that just drive me nuts, and this kind of goes along with, not kind of, but I wanted to talk about this last time we had a guest on, but we were running very long, and it would have made sense with the guests that worked in the beer industry, but we also have somebody else that has worked in the beer industry to talk about the fact that there is a labor problem in the beer industry. Yeah, there's... This, I mean, going back to the infancy, I mean, speaking of just my experience, the entire time that I have worked in craft beer since, what, 2009 mm-hmm. until now, it, it's singing the same old song. When was the last time you actually worked in the craft beer space? Doesn't matter what job, just actually... 2020. Okay. So, basically, right as COVID happened. Co- yeah, COVID kicked... COVID kicked me out. Okay. I'm, I'm not like 
I wasn't traveling that distance and exposing myself to like new people. Right. So that was, that was that. So one of the things that has always kind of, I I guess, blown my mind about the craft beer world. Jeff and I work at the same place. Mm -hmm. We're desk jockeys Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, I know, and Jeff, you used to homebrew too. I know the work that goes into brewing on a small scale of all the cleaning that you have to do, all of the hauling water and everything else, and how much of a physical back-breaking labor job it is. And then you see how much these poor guys make, and you go, you are really doing this for the love. But 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 that was that was the appeal, right? In the early 2010s, you know, that that whole decade when craft beer was really, really catching fire. Yeah. People were lining up and willing to take low-paying jobs just to get their foot in the door. I would have people come up to me and say, I know you're kind of like in the beer scene. So-and-so just moved here from out of town and they really want to get involved with craft beer. Do you know anybody that's hiring? And I'm just like, this is not what, like, I don't, I don't, it's not the job for everybody. Yeah. You know, like all due respect, but unless you've got some background in it, like the, the early days of getting in and, and just coming in, like hanging out and it being a fun time. Like a lot of that's over. It's, it's very like, you have to be a business. You have to focus at it. Yeah. And to your point, Josh, like it's hard work. Yes. And it's not just hanging out and drinking you know, beer. Yeah. Cause you still have to be functional. Yeah. Like Wells, how many shift beers did you have on an average day? One, maybe if that shift, shift beers. I mean, yeah, you'd have one because yeah. that was the beer at the end of your shift because you had to be functional, but I, I was not allowed. I could not. Could not, did not, whatever, drink on the job ever. But it, where I'm going with that is a lot of people think it's just a big party, right? Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's definitely not. We're just going to hang out, we're going to brew beer, and we're just going to sit there and drink all day. No, nope. that's not how this works at yep. all. Because you're not hanging out, you're, you're brewing beer all day. Like, you may be, like, running a boil, but at the same time, like, you've got to get this other batch filtered or you've got to get this other like you got the bright tank empty. You got to keg up all this stuff. Like it's it's all this resource management. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I got into craft beer because well, I got into the craft beer industry because I could lift things up and put things down, and I could follow instructions. And that was how I applied for my first craft beer job <laughs> in 2009. It was just like. What what was your first job? In I was the essentially a sellerman. Okay. Um, so for those that don't know, what does a sellerman do on a day to day basis? Uh, I mean, it started out by I was cleaning kegs and filling kegs, and then I was helping, you know, the brewer. I mean, we were a two person operation production side. I was helping transfer to the bright tank. You know, I was, you know, helping rack off. Um, eventually just graduated to assistant brewer, but I wasn't getting a pay bump for it. And, and, and you would come in at eight and leave at five, right? I mean, I would, I would come in at seven and I would leave it like five. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it reminds me that and it's old... not heated in the back either. So no? I would literally, literally have eight layers on my upper body and two layers on my lower body just to stay warm. And I just shed them as the day, because it was 
35 degrees in the bag Yeah. until we got to a boil and then, okay, cool. It's 60 degrees in the bag in January. Yeah. It reminds me of that old web comic about, you know, getting exposure. Like, you know, you're not getting paid, not getting paid well, but you're getting exposure. Like, that's great to be like in the industry and that's, you know, but honestly, like if you're not in sales, you're probably not making a whole lot. No, no. And even then, if you're not in sales for, you know, a popular brewery, you're probably not selling a lot. So, like... I mean, it depends. Uh, sure. But, I, I don't know. Like, I, there's... Uh, the benefit Josh and I have in this whole discussion is... Being completely isolated and outside of that being world. Completely, well, but, like, kind of, kind of being that fly on the wall as a lot of our close friends move from job to job yep. or stayed at the same job for a long time yep. and, and seeing like the highs and the lows of that without yep. actually having to experience it ourselves. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Like, that, that day, I, I know the, the day we went in to, to brew that beer with Chad, I mean, I think he, he was on his 13th hour, Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, wiped out. Yeah. Yep. I felt terrible. And, I was hung over as a motherfucker because that night we had all gotten together for a birthday party over here. And I, I woke I, I, up I, I, late. It's not, I didn't, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, sure. You didn't. Uh, but meanwhile, like poor Chad has been busting his ass all night and then has to deal with three fucking outsiders coming in. Yep. Making a beer, which that's the other thing too, that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, and it's not really a thing anymore because I don't think Woody and Wilcox are a thing, but they used to be, and they used to make all kinds of beer with Noda constantly. Well, it was like two beers. Yeah, maybe. Well, they yeah. would promote it more. Yeah. How about that? Sure. But you may have to work with people you don't want to work with, and you don't have you know the the drive or the desire to even communicate with these people. Like I felt bad for Connor the first time we ever made a beer with Connor because I. I think Connor wanted to punch us all in the throats if he could. We, I think the, 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 the nicer way to say it is we are not the same speed that Connor operates at. Right. Like we are, we are not like at no point would there ever be a like, let's go and hang out because we are simpatico. Like that's just not a thing. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like it's totally fine. Yeah. Because a naivety in play, I thought, oh, hey, it's just going to be fun. We're going to brew some beer. We're all going to drink. Oh, yeah. No, it no. is work, 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 yeah. work, 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 Cause, work. Because unfortunately, like, you know, especially when we did like Tribute and uh, a couple of those other ones we did for the for the uh, Craft Beer Week, like we were kind of there to hang out and, and enjoy the experience. And for the brewers, it's like this is just another day. Day, yeah. You know? I mean, it's now you have these jackasses here documenting what's going on, yeah. but it's just another day. The the upside to you know, like the, the the Twain quote that's up here: "Find a job you enjoy doing. You know, you'll never work a day in your life." But I've also heard the flip side. Uh, I heard a guy say one time, you know, and he owned a hobby shop. He's like, "Never take a hobby and make a business out of it because you'll yeah. you'll learn to despise it." Yep. It's the reason why I have refused to work in the beer industry or the video games industry. Yep. Because I know what would happen. Oh, yeah. I would quit the show immediately, or I would stop playing video games forever. Mythic Quest hits a little too home for you, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, my first craft beer job, I realized I was being drastically underpaid by about 50%. But I wanted to work in craft beer to the point that I was willing to take a pretty drastic pay cut. Like, sure. You're going to need to pay me more. I, I need to just earn this minimum amount. 
Yeah. I, I, was, I was at $8 an hour and I wanted to go to just give me fucking 10. Give me $10 an hour, which isn't shit. No, it's right? not. And, it's absolutely And not. This, the person on the other end was like, I'll give you nine. That's it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm done. That's it. Like, if you think that you can just hire somebody else that lifts things up and put things down, like, good luck. You're not getting me. Yeah, go and for I, it. But yeah. I still have this email. Of like two months later, that brewery owner coming back like, we want you back. Like, we, we miss you. We need you. It's just not the same without you. And my whole thing is, cool. How much money are we talking? Is your offer changed? The reply was, no. Offer hasn't changed? And I'm like, cool. Good luck. Good luck. I'm just not coming back. And I thought that was the last time I was going to be working at craft beer. It turns out I just had to adjust my skills and I got in somewhere else that treated me a hell of a lot better. But, yeah. but that's the thing. So many of these breweries, newly opened breweries have never worked, like never owned a business before. Right. Doesn't understand like what labor actually needs to be paid. Right. And the problem is you have so many people that are just willing to get their foot in the door with some of these places that they're willing to undersell themselves to a criminal extent. So, like, I, I, I developed back issues that took me five years to get through just because I worked at a brewery that wasn't paying me shit. Yeah. Well, because you broke your back working for a brewery. Yeah. And unfortunately, they weren't but, paying you. But I couldn't yeah. afford to, to go see, like, yeah. a massage therapist or something. Because right. like, you I, weren't making enough money. To I wasn't making enough yeah. money. I, I developed physical problems yeah. for years because somebody underpaid me. And, and so, like, that's not something that is just happening in the craft beer space. We see that happening in corporate America. Yes, we do. And the skill and talent is quickly determined. It's like, well, but we can get people in cheaper. There are people who are willing to work. And the answer is yes, that is correct. There are people who are willing to work for that money. Mm -hmm. But your product is going to suffer. And it becomes a business decision of how much appreciable loss you're willing to take on yep. in order to save a couple of bucks. And then, you know, like I'll get off my soapbox before I get too far down the path. But, you know, it's it's not for the, the good long term. If you don't feel like it's worthwhile, like we were talking offline about, you know, the, the whole anti-work thing. Like it's, it's not that nobody wants to work. It's just they don't want to work for those conditions. Yep. And, and I don't think it's right for people to expect to get like, I want like the benefits of Silicon Valley, you know, but I don't want to have to do more than like four hours a day. And I only want to work on stuff that's meaningful to me. And I want six figures. Like that's not realistic. Right. You're going to have to put in some work. You're going to have to work hard. You, you get this to kind pick, of thing. Like there, there's a, two of four, right? There, there's a trade off here to say like, I get to work in an industry that I'm excited about. Cool. I don't know that you should necessarily be making huge bank doing this if that's your drive and that's your passion. But you also need to make sure that you're living in, in a way that you're not getting taken advantage of as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, one of the questions that I know I have heard quite a bit, and Jeff, I don't know about you, but why don't you start a brewery? You guys love beer so much. And I'm like, because I know all the inner workings of it and fuck that. I don't want to do it. One of the, the most telling moments for me in the last well, eight, nine years that we've been doing this show, we were doing a show at Birdsong 
And we went in to just kind of like game plan with them. And we happened to go in as the middle of the day. They weren't even really open yet. Yep. And and Chris is there. This is at their old location. And he's there. And he's just like, he like has an entire table full of bills. And he's got spreadsheets. And like he just, you can tell he is stressed out. Yep. And I looked at it and I said, that's the part nobody sees. Yep. All they see is, oh, well, it's beer and it's fun. And it's like, no, no, it's hard and it's work. It's a party and you're hanging out. I'm like, no, you're not. Kegs are expensive. Like. <laughs> They're not exp- I mean, kegs are expensive, yeah, but um, kegs are heavy. Yeah. And and if I have to load all these kegs onto a pallet and then, like, not even a forklift, if I've got a little hand truck and I'm not a hand truck. I know what you're saying. The dolly? Not a dolly. Ugh, whatever. If I'm having, like, manually just push kegs around with no mechanical assistance or, like, yeah. uh, that's going to take a toll. That, that, that weighs on you. And now yeah. I got real strong. Ugh. In strong like bull, strong like bull, like, but at the same time, I'm I, at I what would, cost? But yeah. I was also like what did it, what did slinging it beer yeah. in like the wild west of the craft beer industry, like 09 to sure, like 2014 was yep. was just weird times. Yep, like I kind of felt that a lot of production employees were looked at as expendable. Sure, because because that's because at the time, well, it is not that that they were expendable, but the idea of there's somebody ready to take your spot was absolutely valid. Yes, because it's the beer industry, and it still has this sheen and this aura that everything is awesome. Yep, and nothing is bad, and it's like, oh, no, no. I mean, I went to a beer tasting at Total Wine once, and somebody's like, "I'm going to apply for your job." I'm like, good. (laughs) Fucking luck. Have at it, buddy. Like, good luck. Apply. Like, you can take my job if you want it. If do you, you, would you like? Would you like to do like, this? Do, do you want me to? Would walk, you like a letter of reference? Like, like, do you want me to walk you through my entire day real quick? Like, do you really? Hold on a second. I'm calling like, the owner. Yeah, but you're. Uh, yeah, I got you're somebody. seeing me at like seven o'clock after I've had. I mean, this is twelve hours in. Well, I was about to say once you switch to a sales rep because you did do. You, you sales n- rep. You never stop. Yeah. I was about to say, that is not an eight to five job, is it? No. No. That is a fucking, from the time that these places open, which is typically, what, 10 to noon, yep. until they close, which is what, 10 to two o'clock in the morning. But the most That's a ob- long fucking day. The most obnoxious thing for me personally was being out with friends, and I happened to be at an account, and the bar manager happened to be working like the Friday night shift, and here I am like... Oh, yeah, do you think you can bring, like, two kegs in on Tuesday? And I'm like, dude, I am drunk right now. Right. Like, I'm, fuck, I am not at work. Like, fuck off. I am I might be in your place of business, but you tell somebody to fuck off, and then suddenly you you just, like, you lose. You lost an account. You yeah. lost an account, especially a, a good account. And and now I'm like, God, I, like, I don't want to give you what you're asking for. It's a lot of pressure. And part of the reason that I got out of beer sales was I had the inability to turn off I could not say no. I was always on the clock, and that was that's all on me. That can't yeah. be healthy. That it, work it was, life balance no, no. is just oh, no. that's I, out of whack. Forget burning the candle at both ends. Like I had a flamethrower on that candle. Let's just it it melted me. Yeah. I did that for three years, and I was out of it. So I think long and the short of this, and this was a really good conversation, which I knew it would be because I knew you know as I have said, I think it would be really fun to get some people in from the industry to talk about sales, talk about marketing, 
Talk about what it's like to own a brewery. Talk about what it's like to be a cellarman, what it's like to be a brewer. Because I don't think the average person understands all the blood, sweat, and tears, and this is not a fucking party that goes into what we are just simply drinking and reviewing on the show. And the folks that were in the industry and have gotten out. Yes. Like me. Because, like Wells. Yep. He's not the first. He won't be the last. No. You know, and... It's 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 kind of one of those like it. It seems like a good time until you get there. Yep, grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and, and totally. you know, and, and honestly, for those that are in the industry, like my hats off to you. Absolutely, it's, it is it is hard work that you don't get appreciated enough for. That's why and, I and tip again, really well anytime I go to a brewery. Yep, and let's, I'm not back there doing that shit. And let's take it out of, you know, take it out of the beer industry real quick. It's that way, like professional baseball players or any professional athlete or whatever, like to operate at that like peak pinnacle, you have to like take care of yourself in such a way. This isn't like, I just get to play ball for a living. Right. I have to like have a professional trainer, maybe a professional chef. Yep. Like yeah, I have to be making millions of dollars. That's a little different than the, the dude having to slap a game. But but this is the it's the same mentality of like, man, you just get to like play games for a living and they're like, dude, this is work. Well, Hard yes, work. that part, yes, I agree with. My my biggest quite or biggest gripe about that is these dudes are making millions of dollars doing sure. what they're doing. So, Whereas, so, so they you know, Wells is yeah. a sellerman. It's making $30,000 a year schlepping kegs. 22. But, That's but, a big fucking difference. But he still has to, he still has to approach his craft the same way. He yes. still has to take care of himself. Yes, he does. Because if he doesn't, he ends up hurting himself yep. and, and causing yeah, long-term yeah, issues. Absolutely. I mean, well, and I guess my point is professional sports players are way overpaid and people that do some of these really, I, I don't want to say menial tasks, but at the end of the day, yeah, all right. Apparently, my argument is is not making sense here. Well, because as much as I want to see the the back of the house staff be cared for appropriately, yes, I'm not ready to pay ten dollars a pint for beer. I in a four pack. I am. All right. Well. Like if, if if that means somebody like Wells can actually get taken care of and have benefits, but here's the problem with that. But it's Josh. not going to be ten dollars. I mean, let's what, be- yeah, I threw out a number, but I mean, like the problem yeah, yeah, yeah. is, and Wells was probably going there, even if whatever the price per can per pack, whatever that is, until that money actually makes it into the hands of the people that are doing the job. Yes. Instead of just like the owner saying, "Oh, so they're charging." Ten dollars, you know, a can. So forty dollar four packs. I guess I could do like thirty eight dollar four packs. I just won't pay my people any more money. And like, yes, that is that's a big the kind difference. of stuff that we don't necessarily see or know about. Yes, and, and you know, like that sucks. Yes. That's no good. That is a valid point. Absolutely, that is definitely a, a reality. And yay, we actually got through it, and we are all still friends. Sure, are we though? I don't know. Were we I, ever? I don't think we ever were, to be honest. I mean, we, we might not be friends after this next article. Yeah. The, the beer cast was the enemies you made along the way. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. exactly. Uh, Monster Energy has decided that they're going to hop into the ready-to-drink cocktail space. And they're going to unleash the beast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny because like, not just the fact that it's RTD, it's a three-letter acronym, like, you know, it's a TLA. 
like anymore, anytime I see like, oh, so-and-so is getting into hard seltzer or whatever, like it feels like the, oh, so-and-so is getting into NFTs. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. NFTs. Those are a thing till, still. still, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. If, I mean, we've talked about Monster, what, buying, God, was it? I've already forgotten. Canarchy? Yes. Yes. So you know I'll, you gotta you gotta do the do while you ride your Oscar Blues mountain bike, bro. Well, that's different. So I'm legitimately wondering here, like, okay, cool. Monster is getting into the like ready to drink, like hard, you know, like, energy drinks, whatever. So is this going to be Cigar City brewing this for them? Is it going to be Oscar Blues brewing this for them? Like, it'd be great if we had transparency on our cans. I'm just saying. Or uh, what was the Utah brewery that they have? Wasatch. Yeah, there you go, Wasatch. They the polygamy, yeah, polygamy, gotcha. polygamy porter. Yep. It's an okay so yeah, porter. the beast really unleashed, uh, available nationally by the end of 2023. I can't wait to see if this is better or worse than the hard mountain dew. Ain't that we've nothing better seen. than the hard mountain dew, son. Dude, I'm like, I'm still like, I will probably buy some hard mountain dew when it comes out. Oh I no, there is no question. I am buying some. Having never had that. Mountain Dew flavor, the Baja, Baja Blast, Blast before. Use its name. You it did have name. it though. It has Here. a name. I know. Wells, it has a name. Say the name. <laughs> oh, so what? I had say like, the name. It was one time. Okay, say the name. You goddamn right. Baja Blast. Baja Blast. The the like hard version of that was so much better than what you brought me. Correct. Taco no, Bell. No, the, no, yeah. The the hard version. Like, better. Why? And, and like. Alcohol notwithstanding. Right. Yes. Hard do tasted better than Mountain Dew. You do love them. Hard do. Hard do. Hard do. Hard do. Sorry. <laughs> it's just show two. We are almost an hour in. Will you land that, this plane? It, it's time for break and we'll be back in 30. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's come back. We'll be back in 30. Time for buy no buy, Jeff. How does that work? So we've been drinking beer, big shock, and uh, we don't just have like one thing that we're drinking. We're uh, we we go through and we try different things, some of which we buy on our own, some of which we get donated to us by others. Uh, this happens to be a one of the shows where we just it's all stuff that we bought. Yep, uh, we we do this out of our pocket. We're not you know like taking sponsorship money or anything like that. Occasionally we do have beer donated by an entity, but we'll usually disclose that. But this is all beer that we bought. Um, first one up for tonight uh, is um, a beer from Protagonist, who's been open for, I want to say like a year or so now. More, here in town. God, longer than that. Like yeah. Free. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, I don't know, like, I don't think we've ever had any of their beer on the show. No, we haven't. Um, they have, they've been packaging for a little bit. And uh, I was at the buzz and he had it on tap. And I'm like, you know what? I've never had a protagonist beer. I will try that one. I drank it. I'm like, okay, I, I will take another. And uh, so I've gone through a handful of these and uh, in trying to think of some beer to bring for the show, I thought, well, I'll bring this because we haven't had any protagonist beer. 
so this is Cube, a West Coast IPA, um, which, you know, in the mix with everything else that we have on a show, like isn't as big of a standout as it is when you're like at a tap room and like that's the one thing. Right. Uh, but I do like it there. I have bought it. I bought this. Um, I still like it. It's it's a pretty serviceable West Coast IPA. So I'm a buy. Well, well it's, it's not blowing my mind, but it's damn good enough. If somebody, I don't know if I'm going to spend my money on this, but if somebody uh, ends up leaving a can of this in their fridge, in my fridge, like I'll, I'll drink it with a smile on my face. It's not bad. I mean, screw it. Like if I'm that hard up for a West Coast IPA and my local bottle shop just isn't doing that, it's all hazies. I would buy this. I don't hate this. This is uh, one of the better protagonist beers I've ever had. I, I like to say that, you know, it's better on tap than it is in the can. But, I mean, I feel like that's the case a for a lot of beer. Yeah. Josh, true. what do you think? Uh, this is <clears throat> now the next time I go back to protagonists to have their giant slice of pizza, because that's really what I'm there for. I'm buying this beer if it's uh, if it's up there on the wall. Or after I'm done moving and you just come over to my place, protagonist is a quarter mile away. Oh, there you go. So but, there he, but he wants the big slice of pizza. He doesn't want the big slice of Wells. Yeah. They do not have big slices of pizza at that location. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in Loso for this one. Okay, you're out. Yeah, I am out. I'm at Loso, and I'm getting a giant slice of pizza in this beer. Other than that, uh, there's way better options in town. So it is a very conditional buy with pizza. <laughs> pizza with, only. With pizza. Like, and I feel like this, especially that... That would really go good with just like a giant slice of pizza. Yeah, like a giant slice. I'm hungry. Yeah, a giant dude, slice. I mean, of pizza the, these slices right of pizza are like this fucking big. The hard I kid part, you not. They're the hard, fucking huge. Yeah, the hard part about recording here is you know whatever y'all are cooking, you know, like it always wafts in here, and it's always yeah. like, like, I don't even know if I want what it is you're making, but it smells great, and I'm hungry now. Yeah, it's like a chili queso, basically. I mean, chili yeah. and cheese. Where right. can we go wrong? Put some fries. Yeah. Next beer up. Next beer up. A double IPA from New Anthem, because. Josh can't tell that these are new anthem beers. The logo's right there, by the way. Again, when you, when the cans are faced, they are not faced to show you that. Yeah, uh, so this they're is, faced to show you the IP theft on this one. Yeah, this is called uh, asking for a friend. Uh, very obviously, peanuts characters or approximations of peanut characters. Yes. Um, yeah. Weird. It is um, actually a solid double IPA. It's almost 8%, which I used to think was what an IPA was. So like, I don't know. Um, It's okay. It's solid. It's serviceable. It's, I'm not buying it. Um, But like, if I'm at New Anthem, this is the one I'm most likely going to get. Wait, is the next one New Anthem? Yeah. Uh, Or at least another one is on this show. uh, Let me, I may revise my statement. Um, it's 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 a bitter double IPA. It's it's fine. Um, sure, I'll buy it. Whatever. Wells, I'm not gonna buy this. There's a certain off flavor that I just cannot get over. That's like a chlorine garden hose kind of thing that I'm just not vibing with. But I love that hop that gives chlorine garden hose. Whatever right? whatever the case was, like there's just something about this sample that I'm like, this is not it for me at all. Can't do it. Won't do it. No buy, Josh. I had it mixed up. I'm a no buy on this one. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right, Josh. What do you think of this? Uh, whatever. This is a beer. 
I'm done buying new Anthem shit anymore. Oh, really? Are yeah, you? Yeah. Because it seems like... Uh, I last... know. It seems like I always am, and then I bring them back on the show. And Josh is like, hey, I got four beers for the show, and I'm like, oh, okay, and I go and I, I should have like, just oh, fucking they're all saved, them, saved them for myself, is what I should have done. That's what we've learned today. Yes. Congratulations. Because I was trying to be nice, I was trying to be polite, I was trying to share a beer with you that I bought in a rush. He's trying to make it sound like he cares. But I don't, apparently, because I bought New Anthem beer, and I guess I'm done buying New Anthem beer. So no buy next beer up. It's a New Anthem beer. Speaking <laughs> of a New Anthem beer. Um, this is Grubby Halo. Uh, sure. Um, another double IPA. I, I, uh, this one's actually 9%. I, I, I sometimes struggle when, when you have breweries that put out new cans like consistently maybe it's every week maybe it's every two weeks but you put out like two of the same kind of style like two double ipas you know assuming you know relatively the same time frame yeah i can't this is 22 this doesn't say either yeah, okay, so there's no dates on these cans. So who knows how close or how far apart these were actually released. Right. Do you like do you have no other ideas that you need to push two of the same style of beer into the market at the same time? I don't know. Um I'm sure Divine Barrel's done it and I've been fine with it. For whatever reason, this is just in my craw. But I like this one better than the last one. Um it's not overly boozy for a nine percent. So I'll, I'll, I'll buy this one. Okay. The grubby halo. I'm with Jeff. Um, it, it tastes like filtered pineapple juice, which I'm, I'm good with. I'm down with it, that. It's got a, a decent bitterness to it. It's nothing too crazy. And it is a sneaky 9%. I did not particularly care for the one before this, but this one, honestly, it's night and day to me. I'm a buy. Josh. Yeah, out of the uh, four New Anthem beers that I brought onto the show, this was probably the one that was actually decent. So, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, again, we're done. We're done here. Blind squirrel, something, something. Yeah. Grab your nuts. <laughs> Final beer up. Final beer up um, from Burial. Hold on, I got it. <clears throat> Please don't. Prepare. Okay, fine. The heavenly atmosphere of unrelenting nothingness. The heavenly atmosphere of unrelenting nothingness. <laughs> Uh, I feel like, I feel like most, no, uh, no, I saw a great, uh, shit, I'm gonna steal this. Um, these names feel like somebody's 2015 emo live journal. Yes. Ouch. 20 was live journal still around in 2015. It was. Was it? Yes, it was. But I wasn't using it in 2015. I stopped using it. It doesn't mean anything. I stopped using it in like, oh, six. So we just learned. If Wells wasn't using it seven years ago, it didn't exist. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it had been Anywho. dead to me at that point by seven years. So. Well, a lot of that stuff was dead to a lot of people for a long time. Remember Friendster? Mm. It's still around. You remember AOL? Remember it's the, still around. Does that mean I, my Friendster account is still out there somewhere? Probably. I think I, I think I had like two friends. Probably. And then I realized if you never del- if you never deleted it, oh, yeah, God. I'm sure the internet my, never forgets. I need to go see if I can still log into my old ICQ account because it's uh, it was a six digit number. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. y'all I remember I IRC? 
Hell oh, yeah. yes. Of All right, there we go. That's how we did things back in the day. Yeah, I remember being right. on... I was fuck, on you, fuck your Discord IRC, baby. I remember being in a channel and somebody was like, hey, do you like music? And I was like, yeah. They're like, there's this new thing called MP3. You should come over to this channel and check it out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Love Roller Coaster, first MP3 ever downloaded. Nice. So from Burial, the heavenly atmosphere of unrelenting nothingness, this is an imperial stout with toasted hazelnuts, cocoa nibs, Toasted coconut, Madagascar vanilla bean, and sea salt. And I'm going to throw it out there right now and say that sea salt makes this beer. Yes. The hazelnut is good. Um, Cocoa nibs, you know, it's definitely got some good chocolate going on. I don't get a ton of coconut, but that's okay. Sometimes that can overstay its welcome. Um, Vanilla is very prominent, but that sea salt, holy cow. It, like... If you've never done like salted caramel anything or sea salt in a, in a sweet dessert, like you're you're missing out. I made uh, sticky buns yesterday, cinnamon rolls with this caramel topping and pecans, and I just I coated the top with not coated, but I sprinkled a bunch of kosher salt on top, and I mean it it absolutely makes a dessert better. Um, this is fantastic. I love this beer. Big buy. Wells, I've had some. I buy a lot of barrel beer, not as much as I used to. Definitely not sight unseen anymore. After that uh, aforementioned lemon <coughs> candy thing that we just, yeah, Jeff coughs because he remembers. Um, Sorry, I had a little upchuck reflex there. <laughs> but <laughs> the hazelnuts there, the coconuts a little bit. I'm getting more uh, coconut than you are, okay. but but the fucking sea salt in this just absolutely rounds it out and lifts the whole damn thing. This goes from a really good beer to a great beer because of that sea salt. Yeah. Um, absolute buy. Josh. I hate it. It's terrible. It's trash. No. Shut up. It's not. This is fucking delicious. Everything works in balance. And that's the, the weird thing, right? Like when you li- read the ingredients list and go, this could be a train wreck. Real quick, but everything balances out. It's perfect. Like I would not kick this bed out of uh, kick this beer out. You of, would not kick this bed out of crackers. Yeah. I get it. I'm the same way. I would not kick this bed I'd be out like, of hey, crackers. Hey, you crackers, kick that bed out. Like, yeah, no, you would not do that. No, this would is, not do that at all. This is beyond delicious. So big, big, huge buy, Jeff. It's time for I tap that. How does that work? Yeah. So, uh, so we've had four beers. Uh, what's one that we would absolutely just like love to have a keg of and just keep drinking on, you know, um, every day? Um, I, you know, I really, honestly thought I was going to go in and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to take that protagonist because you know, like West Coast IPA, it's really good, right? Um, but coming back a second time in that burial, like I'm just, I, oh damn, that's good. I'd love to pair that with desserts and, and other other things. Like, I just, yeah. I would take my time with it, and it would just be glorious. Yes. Burial for me. Wells? Wells. I want to say I'm going to take the, my time with this burial beer, but I'll realistically be done with it about three minutes, and the burial beer will be disappointed. One big keg stand. Oh, Worth man. it. Absolutely worth it. Um it's got to be that burial. That is one of the best things I've had in weeks. That may be one of the best burial beers I've had. Fair. I mean, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. For a, for a non-barrel aged 
situation, that, that sea salt just cranks. Absolutely. Josh. Yeah, I mean, come on. There's there's no question. But, yeah, there is no question. Damn, this is fantastic. Uh, good job, Ariel. So, Jeff, we're at the end of the show. Where are we at? Come find us on the interwebs. Go to crapbeercast.com. Find links for our old episodes, but don't listen to them. Maybe start at, like... No. Don't. What are we up to now? What episode uh, is this? this four forty nine. Yeah, four forty nine. So maybe start in like the three hundreds. If you just want to listen to old beer news, like if you just yeah. if you listen to this and you were like, oh, these guys are you know they're all right. Like I want to listen to some more of those. Like okay, fine. Start going back through some of the old episodes if you want to, but like definitely don't go any further back than three hundred because it just it's like, the audio quality yeah. is better now. Like you know just well, <laughs> and not only that, but. The shit that we're talking about way back then is years old at this point. So. Yeah, there's not some big fun Easter egg that you're going to be like, oh, I remember. You know, like, I, I get the inside episode, joke now. You guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, our inside jokes aren't that good. It's not really worth it. No, nope, nope. I believe they call it a Pyrrhic victory. Like, yes, okay, you would finally get the joke, but at what cost? Yeah. What did it cost? Everything. Everything. So don't do that. But uh, do support us. Tell a friend. Support us on Patreon. Like our Facebook page. Um, slide into Josh's DMs. You know, get on Twitter. Go to at CBCast, Craft Beer Cast, CBCast. Go there. Check us out. If you're still listening, which you probably aren't. No, you're probably Wells, where can they find you? You can find me at all the Wells on the Instagrams and Twitters. And I do want to give a shout out to Justin uh, for joining me for this burial heavenly atmosphere of unruining nothingness. Good to see you, buddy. Josh, where are, the, where are you? I am right here, and I'm also at JoshCBC on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Don't forget about our subreddit, slash r slash craftbeercast, to post stories and all that other fun stuff up there. And other than that, we will talk to you guys next Thursday. Thursday.